Church, there is a pattern and principle that God reveals to, to us in creation. Uh, Yahweh uses this pattern and principle as a means of teaching even for his people today. Uh, before we look at where our reading was in fact taken from, uh, I want us to go back to the beginning to see where things all started as far as this principle that we find in Scripture. I want you to come with me before we, we get back into John chapter number 8. I want you to come with me into the book of Genesis. And as we think about this principle, as we think about this pattern, I want you to be, be, be able to make some associations as we go along. Uh, it, it's, it's my belief that God would use physical things to teach some deep spiritual truths and insight. Uh, so I want you to keep in mind the, the topic or the title, the hashtag for this morning, which is the apple never falls far from the tree. Uh, make your way into the book of Genesis chapter number one. I'll, I'll be there in just a little bit, but let me do uh, my diligence really quick and make in two brief announcements. Number one, uh, we have a limited quantity of t-shirts available for this evening. If you plan on being here, don't make a mad dash for it. But we're going to set up a table on the outside with several t-shirts ranging from adult small all the way up to, to triple XL. And we want you to make your way to the table as orderly as only the Antioch people can. And grab you a shirt if you know you're going to be here later this evening. Just keep in mind, it's limited. All right, that's number one. Number two, please also keep in mind that after our classes are done, we'll be setting up some tables, etc. So uh, feel free if, if you see folks moving things around and, and, and they look like they're getting busy, feel free to, to lend a hand as we prepare for Greater Together on this evening. And number three, we're asking every single member to be here on time this afternoon. On time is no later than 4.30 p.m., so we're asking you to be on time because we want this congregation to be the biggest welcoming committee that the, the visitors have ever seen in their lives. And number four, we have some visitors here in our midst. Let me just make this disclaimer. If you are here with us and you have not been treated with kindness, just please conclude that you have just engaged with someone who is not a member of the Antioch Church of Christ. So we welcome you. We pray that your time and your, your stay with us would be a blessing as we strive to worship God in spirit and in truth. Are you in Genesis chapter number one? As you make your way into Genesis chapter number one, I'll do this really quickly because I want us to see this pattern and this structure. Uh, and if you would just stay with me, if you would engage with me, I feel like we'll get through this text a whole lot faster. Uh, so every now and then, if, if you're there with me, you could say amen, all right? Amen. That was a good place to say amen. In Genesis chapter number 1 and verse number 11 through 13, here is what the reading would say. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Then God said, let the earth bring forth grass and herb that yields seed and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth and it was so. 
And the earth brought forth grass and herb that yields seed according to its kind. And the tree yielding fruit whose seed is in itself according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the third day. Notice the connection and correlation between seed and kind. Grass slash herb that yield seed. Fruit trees that yield fruit after their or its kind. A certain kind of tree will have a certain kind of seed which yields a certain kind of fruit which has a certain kind of seed. You guys follow that? In Genesis chapter number 1 and verse number 20 through 23, then God said, let the waters abound with all abundance of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the face of the firmament of the heavens. So God created uh, the great sea creatures and every living thing that moves with which the waters abounded according to, notice, their kind. And every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good and God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the sea and let the birds multiply on the earth. So the evening and the morning were the fifth day. Notice every sea creature after its kind, every bird after its kind. Come with me now to Genesis chapter number one, verse 24 through 28. Then God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind. You, you, you guys there? Cattle and creeping things and beasts of the earth, each according to its kind. And it was so. And God made the beasts of the earth according to its kind. Cattle according to its kind and everything that creeps on the earth according to its kind and God saw that it was good then God said let us make man in our image according to our likeness we just had a pattern of according to its kind according to its kind according to its kind according to it's kind, and then by the time we get to verse number 26, Steve, it, it says, and then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over and over all the earth and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image image in the image of God he created him male and female he created them then God blessed them and said to them be fruitful and multiply fill the earth and subdue it have dominion over the fish of the sea over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth beasts of the earth according to its kind cattle and creeping things according to 
its kind. But then God said, let us make man in our own image after our own likeness. And God blessed them and he commanded them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill all the earth. What, what, what's the point, Brother Morgan? Well, here's what I want us to see as we look at the pattern within the confines of Scripture really quickly. In Genesis chapter number 1, verses 11 through 13, a certain kind of tree will bring forth a certain kind of seed, which yields a certain kind of fruit, which has a certain kind of seed. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 22, 23, every sea creature and bird will reproduce after its own Kind. In Genesis chapter number 1 verse 24 through 25, every beast of the earth, cattle and creeping thing will reproduce after its own kind. Then we get to chapter 1 verse number 26. God created man in his own image. That is, man should reproduce after his own kind. So the seed, when you think about the seed, the seed is not simply the offspring of two human beings, in this case, coming together. But more than that, it is the reproduction of a kind of person who is transformed by the Spirit into the image of God through the Savior, Jesus Christ. If you follow the pattern in scripture, you recognize that the seed that is being made reference to, we, we, we have to recognize it's not just talking about the offspring of two human beings coming together, but it's the reproduction of a certain kind of person who is transformed by the spirit of God into the image and likeness of God through Jesus Christ, the Savior. When we talk about seed from a spiritual standpoint, it is one who adheres and submits to the will of God, the way of God, the walk of God, the word of God, and certainly the work of Jehovah God. So I need for you to come back now with me really quickly in the book of John chapter number 8. Watch this, watch this, watch this. In John chapter number 8, as I try to make my way to my conclusion really quick, in John chapter number 8, Jesus says... I know you guys carry the bloodline of Abraham. I know you could trace your lineage back to Abraham. In other words, I know that you guys, as he was talking and relating to the Jews, he says, I, I know that you guys are the descendants of Abraham. You, 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 you have descendantship. But here's what I want us to see, that having blood ties and calling Abraham your father, this is what Jesus was saying, didn't necessarily equate you as being a kind of individual who was truly a son or a child of God. Our relationships to individuals and the claims that we make concerning God does not in fact mean that we are truly the kind of person that God is trying to fashion us to be. So it's not about what we say alone. More than anything else, it's what we do. Notice what they would go on to say. Jesus would say, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. It's not what you say alone. It's what you do. Notice what Jesus said. If you were the truly the children of Abraham, you would have done the works of Abraham. 
it's not what you say alone, it's what you do. Watch this. We say that we are children of God, but we have a hate in us. It's not what you say, it's what you do. We say that we love God and we will not, never turn our backs from God, but when the rubber hits the road, we, we, we are no longer able to commune. We're no longer able to pray. We, you, you miss us between these pews and you miss us all together. It's, it's not really what you say alone, but it's what you, it's what you do. We, we claim to love and uh, we don't have any type of prejudices, but, but as soon as your, 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 your girl child comes at home with somebody who is not of the same race, you, you soon realize that it's not what you say alone. It's, it's, what, you, it's what you do. So, so, so they claim to be the children of Abraham and Jesus is trying to help them to see if if you were truly the children of Abraham, you would be doing the works of Abraham. If you were truly that kind of individual, you would have loved me because I was sent from the Father. Here's what I want us to see in the text. Truth hurts. But that's why scripture tells us when you preach truth you need to have to, you need to try and preach truth in love because the truth by itself hurts as is but that doesn't mean to say that you could you you have to apply truth in a rough way uh, let, let me share this with you. If, if you guys don't, 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 don't know me by now, I, I, I try to talk in, in a kind of energetic kind of way, and, and sometimes it comes across as a little bit harsh, and I, I pray you understand that I'm not trying to be harsh. That's just me trying to do things and, and speak the way that I speak, all right? But I, I, I really, I'm not trying to be harsh. There are times when I go back and I look at the life, and I'm like, mm, Pato, you could have said that maybe a little softer. Uh, you know, or, or maybe you could have smiled right there so that they know you're not trying to be facetious, you're not trying to be hurtful, you're not trying to be harmful. But here's the point I'm trying to make. The truth as is, the truth delivered in its purity is hard enough. But it has to be delivered in love. But what you recognize in the text is oftentimes when truth is spoken even with love because Jesus was the perfect representation of love. And when Jesus spoke truth, you had some individuals who would have accepted truth and then you had those who would have rejected. The people who reject truth are people who are trying to live within the confines of their own will and their own way. And so more often than not, when you encounter truth, that is when you encounter Jesus, to reject Jesus is to reject the way of life, the way that leads to God. Because you and I, if we're not careful, we're trying to live on our own terms. So, so somebody say truth hurts. That's the truth. Truth hurts. And sometimes when the truth is spoken, what you have is some people try to kill you. I, I, I don't follow the months so, so well as far as what's happening on any given month, but I know, I, I, I know we experience a pride month. I, I know we have pride celebrations. I, I, but, but, but here's the thing. I love every single one of those individuals celebrating pride time, but that doesn't mean to say I have to condone, nor does scripture condone the lifestyle and behavior. That's the truth. 
But the problem is, when you speak truth, you're labeled. The problem is when you stand for truth, even when you speak it as lovingly as you can, you're labeled as a bigot, as a hater, you're labeled as all, the, all these different things. And sometimes, if you're not careful, as they did to Jesus, they may try to kill you physically. When they can't kill you physically, they'll try to do some character assassination. Here is what they said when, when Jesus started to speak true. They said, we were not born... <laughs> Of fornication. Indeed, what they were doing is what they were casting aspersions on Jesus' birth to say, Well, listen, you were a, a, a bastard kid. You, 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 you weren't born by traditional means because Joseph, you say, and claim to be your daddy, but then ultimately you say, God is your daddy. Well, who is your daddy? And so when they couldn't kill him physically at that time, they tried to assassinate his character. Uh, do, do I even need to tell you how that looks in, in the world today, even among Christendom, when, when, when truth is spoken sometimes and, uh, and you can't put your hands around the preacher and, uh, and you can't throw the preacher out when truth is spoken sometimes? Well, what else we do as we go through some character assassination type things? Uh, well, Brother Morgan is this, and these elders are that, and Brother so-and-so is this, and Sister so-and-so is that, and we start to do character assassination, all because sometimes we can't handle truth. But Jesus said, listen, I want you to understand and appreciate this, as I try to hasten really quick to, to, to my seat. Jesus said, listen, if, if God were in fact your father, you would have loved me. Here, here is the difference. You guys claim to be Abraham's children, but you don't even walk like Abraham walked. You claim to be Abraham's children, but you don't even talk like Abraham talked. <laughs> what do you mean talk like Abraham talked with a Morgan? You remember it was God who came to Abraham and he told Abraham, listen, I want you to take your son, your only son, the son whom you love and offer him for a burnt offering and, and Abraham would have left and gone with some, some of his servants and after three days they come to a place, they see the spot and he tells his servant, listen, me and the lad will go up yonder and we will worship, watch this, and we will come again. But God said, when you take your son, your only son, the one whom you love, I want you to kill him as a sacrifice. But he says to his servants, listen, me and the lad, me and the sacrifice will go up yonder. We will worship God, but we will come back. Who's the we? We claim to be Abraham's children, but we don't walk the way Abraham walked. We claim to be Abraham's children, but we don't talk the faith talk that Abraham talks. As a matter of fact, let me go back and show you how Abraham's faith began. Abraham's faith began when God called him from among his family and God said, Abraham, listen, I just want you to go. Go to a place. Go where, God? Just go to a place that I will show you. Where is that, God? Wherever I show you. But, 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 but you and I, we like to see where we're going first. Rather than trusting the person that says go. Uh, if, if we can't see the end result, I'm not putting one cent in this tree. If we don't see the end result as being prosperous to us, we're not even going to take one step on this plan. We talk a good talk sometimes. But the reality is that we have to learn to walk 
a good walk. You guys with me? You, you, you there? A certain kind of seed produces a certain kind of tree, which produces a certain kind of fruit, which then produces a certain kind of seed. That is to say, a certain kind of seed, that's the gospel, produces a certain kind of tree, that's faith which and then produces a certain kind of individual that's a person, that's a Christian, that's a child of God who ultimately produces after its own kind. So when we think about the reality of being a seed, not only is the seed implanted in us, but we also have to reproduce after our own kind. So God said, let us make man in our own image after our own likeness and let them be fruitful and multiply. We look at that multiplication only from the standpoint of off, uh, offspring birthing from our, our, uh, an individual's womb. When God is saying, listen, when you understand the spiritual ramifications, what I'm saying is even if you can birth physically, you could birth spiritually. But, but, but we focus so much on birth and we want to fill the pews and we want to fill rooms with crying babies. That's great. But we need some, some young Christians. And I, I'm, I'm using this as a pun now. Christian who was baptized. We need some babe Christians. We need some babes to be coming to Christ. But that's us reproducing after our own kind. But notice, as I hasten to our close, Often what we've done in Christendom is we've created after our own tradition. So that's why we have that's why we have the Baptist church. That's why we have the Methodist church. That's why we have the Anglican church. That's why we have the church of Christ. That's why we have the church of God in Christ. That's why we have the Pentecostal church. That's why we have all these different churches and we simply don't have a bunch of individuals who are simply Christians. Because to make the claim that I am simply a Christian would be to conclude that I have been birthed through the word of God and the word of God created faith in me. I moved on that faith in being baptized in the watery grave of baptism. And when I rose, I rose to, to walk in newness of life. And when I rose to walk in newness of life, the responsibility was placed in me to reproduce individuals and persons and Christians after God's own kind. Uh, they, they're probably going to waste me on social media. They might waste me in the church. But I, I'm, I'm telling you, the only thing that the gospel can produce is a Christian. Everything else is traditions of men. The only thing that the gospel can produce is a child of God. Anything else is a denomination. The only thing that the word of God could produce is someone who is a child of God. Hear me and hear me well. Everything else is us as human beings birthing things after the physical kind that is tradition. Come and talk with me afterward if you have a problem. We could, we could preach through it, but I want you to come with me. Last text, last text, I promise you, last text. Come with me to the book of Galatians, chapter number three. A certain kind of seed produces a certain kind of tree, which produces a certain kind of fruit, 
which then produces a certain kind of seed. In Galatians chapter number three, you guys all right? Paul has to treat and deal with a condition. He has to treat and deal with a problem. He has to treat and deal with a reality among this church that he himself had a hand in, in preaching the gospel to and helping to birth in the area or the region. And no sooner did Paul and his companions leave did, did these Judaizers come in trying to teach a doctrine that was foreign, different, a perversion of the doctrine and the gospel that Paul would have left. And so Paul would start off in chapter number one, I, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that had called you into the grace unto another gospel. Though there be no other, but there be some that would pervert the gospel that we have been given. But though we or an angel from heaven has preached any other gospel unto you than that which you have received, let him be anathema, let him be a curse. In other words, the purity of the gospel is what ushers somebody into the saving embrace. You guys with me? Of Almighty God. By the time he makes his way into chapter number three, he, he has really spoken about the difference between following the law of Moses versus the attribute of walking in faith. And so that's really the, 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 the debate. That's really the, the point that Paul is trying to make. But I want you to see this with me. I'm begging you to come. Open your Bibles to, to Galatians chapter three. This will be the last text I read and I'll sit down. O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. This only I want you to learn, learn from you. Did you receive the spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish having begun in the spirit and now being made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain if indeed it was in vain? Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness, therefore, know that only those who are of faith are the sons of Abraham. I'm not done yet. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preaching the gospel to Abraham beforehand, saying, In you all the nations shall be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. For as many as were of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Curse is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do. But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident for the just shall live by what? Amen. Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by them. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree. That the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. You guys with me. Brethren, I'm not done yet. I speak in the manner as the manner of men. 
Though it is only a man's covenant, yet if it is confirmed, no one annuls or adds to it. Now to Abraham and his seed, say seed, were the promises made. He did not say, and seeds as of many, but as of one, and your seed who is Christ. And this I say that the law which was 430 years cannot annul the covenant that was confirmed before God in Christ that it should make the promise of God of no effect. For if the inheritance is of the law, it is no longer a promise, but God gave it to Abraham via a promise. Stick with me. Verse number 19. What purpose then does the law serve? It was added because of transgressions till the seed should come to whom the promise was made and it was appointed through the angels by the hand of a mediator. Now a mediator does not mediate for only one but God is one. Is the law then against the promise of God? Certainly not or God forbid. For if there had been a law given which could have given life truly righteousness would have been by the law. Watch this. But the scripture has confined all under sin that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. But before faith came, we were kept under God by the law, kept for the faith which would afterward be revealed. Therefore, the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ that we might be justified by faith but after faith has come we are no longer under a tutor put a laser focus on verse number 26 through 29 for you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus for as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then and only then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Because the apple never falls far from the tree. Will you stand with me? If you are here this morning and you have yet to give your life to Jesus, I want you to know that God the Father has his hand outstretched, ready to receive you into his embrace. But in order for you to be called a son or daughter of God, you have to come to Jesus. You have to believe that he died on the cross. You have to believe that he was buried in a tomb. You have to believe that he rose again. You have to believe that he is now seated at the right hand of God. And, and one day, one day, one day, I, I wish some Christians would say amen to that. One day, you, you, you have to believe he's going to return again. Uh, we, we need to act like we believe it and live it as if he could come at any moment in any day. If you believe that Jesus is the way, if you believe that Jesus is the truth, if you believe that Jesus is the life, the invitation is extended to you. Come forward. Come forward and give us your hand while giving Jesus your heart.
For those of us who are Christians here today, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. It's not about what we say only, but it's truly what we do. Would you come as together we sing our, our song of invitation?